Talk Radio 96.7. Yes, Ronnie O. Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. They turn scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe. We're in the Ozone. We're taking names and kicking posteriors, and you want to be part of this. The number is 682-1430. That's 682-1430. Or if you're technologically inclined, you can reach us at ozone at hallradio.net. That's ozone at hallradio.net. Well, we want to remind everybody that the Miller's Lakeland Ale House, South Florida edition, through January 6th, you can get free delivery on your order with a $39 minimum purchase you need to use Welcome 2024 at checkout. So don't forget that. Yeah, there you go. All right. This Sunday, Bucks are at Carolina. The Bucks are 8-8. Eight and eight. The Panthers are 2-14. and 14. The Bucks inexplicably lost to the Saints. Don't know how that happened, Coach Joe. But there's big implications for the Bucks on this game. And you can hear it right here on WLKF 96.7. Pre-game is at noon. Kickoff is at one o'clock. It's interesting. The Bucks have been playing very well, so it, you get to the point where you think, "Oh well, they won't have any problem with New Orleans, which has been kind of up and down this year." And that's when you get in trouble in the NFL. When you start thinking <laughs> yeah. you got it all figured out. Uh, I like the Bucks' chances this weekend, but we got to keep an eye on one thing: Baker Mayfield has sore ribs. There was a lot of talk, even in fact, that uh, Kyle Trask might end up quarterbacking in this game. But so far, it looks like Mayfield will be there. Look, the Bucks are a significantly better team than Carolina, who's only won a couple of games this year. But they actually have to go out and do it. And defensively, they had a very poor game against New Orleans, so they're going to have to bounce back from that. If they do that, they should be okay. It's an interesting situation for the Bucks. They win, they win the division, they get a home game in the playoffs. It's all great. If they lose, they're out completely. There's uh, wow. <laughs> there's no uh, middle ground here. <laughs> well, they couldn't have picked a better opponent. <laughs> yeah, it's set up well for them. So, now, does you know, Carolina so, have any opt-outs? Yeah. Anybody in the transfer portalette? Uh, yeah, they, some of them look like they opted out a couple of weeks ago. They they seem to get worse by the minute. Uh, they got so bad against Jacksonville in that game last week uh, out there at, in Jacksonville that their owner actually threw a, uh, a drink at, at some fans. Uh, he was getting so frustrated. Uh, he's about the only one who's, who's getting that emotional. The Carolina players, I think, understand what's up and uh, – they're they're going to need a lot of rebuilding over the off season. Well, it seems like like you say they're ready to go home. And the yeah. bad news is they've already traded the first pick, so <laughs> they're just giving the Bears the first pick, so they they don't even get the benefit of that. Well, on Saturday, the ten and three Florida Gators are going to host the Kentucky Wildcats, who are ten and two. Twelve thirty tip off pregame at noon. You can hear that right down the dial on WONN one hundred seven point one or twelve thirty a.m. Ooh, <laughs> a big early test for the Gators, who had a really good non-conference season. And to me, and we, we saw them live down in Broward County, Ronnie, they seem to be getting better. And I, by that, I mean they're gelling more as a team. You see the offense running with a little bit more fluidity and a little bit more rhythm. So I think that's—and you see them hitting more three-pointers— and not because they're hot or cold, but because when you run the offense better, you get better looks, and and you end up with with better shots. And they've cut back significantly on the turnovers. Still need to do better in that sense. But that win over Michigan was outstanding and an incredible up and down game that went into overtime and it could have gone either way. 
Their ability to pull games like that out should help them in their quest to get back to the tournament and uh, and become, you know, one of the top five teams in the SEC. That's a, a goal right now, uh, I think, for the Gators. Get in that top five in the SEC if they can. Top four, ideally. But that's going to be tough because Kentucky is but one of the really fine teams in that conference. Yeah, and it's only going to get tougher when you bring in Oklahoma and Texas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Texas is playing really good basketball. And Oklahoma, it sometimes they're great and sometimes not so much, but they're always always difficult to play. No, 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 no doubt about it. Well, I tell you what, why don't we go ahead and we'll go to break a little bit early. We're going to have Coach Mike Donnelly of the Florida Southern College Mocks. They posted a massive upset last night in the George Jenkins Fieldhouse. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on WLKF 96.7 Talk Radio Lakeland. This is Pro Football Hall of Famer Chris Hanberger, and you're listening to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone. Ronnie O, Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone, brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap iron and metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. Last night, the Nova Southeastern Sharks came into the George Jenkins Fieldhouse. They were not only undefeated national champions from last year, they were undefeated 10-0 this year, ranked number one in Division II in the entire country. But the architect of the Mocs 93-82 defeat of Nova Southeastern is with us tonight, head coach Mike Donnelly. Coach, first of all, congratulations on the big win. Oh, Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Coach, you know, one of the things that impressed me is the resilience of your ball club. You guys, it seemed like you couldn't hit shots. Everything was going wrong in the first half. And fortunately, you're only down 11. But what did you say at halftime? It seemed like you remained calm. But what did you say at halftime? Yeah, well, you're right. It did seem like uh, everything, for whatever reason, just wasn't going our way in that first half. Um and I told the guys, you know, we were only down 11 points. I thought it probably should have been a lot worse. And I felt pretty good because, you know, you, you coach so many games. And if you have that type of shooting performance where I think we were 2 of 13 from the floor, from three rather, and then 32% overall against a high-powered offense like Nova and the number one team in the country, you know, you could be in real deep trouble. But uh, I thought we were okay because we're only down 11 and, I didn't think any of our guys were panicking, and we just kind of were really calm at half and told the guys, just got to play with more confidence. And I thought maybe we were giving them a little bit too much credit, a little bit too much respect because of their ranking. And that's not a knock on Nova. It's just more in the sense of like, hey, let's we're a good team as well, and let's play with confidence. And we used the term like, let's just let it rip. And uh, I was really pleased. I think we did that to start the second half, and it carried over you know, to, uh, for the entire last 20 minutes to a huge upset win for us. Well, you know, one of the things that you sort of alluded to that I noticed, I was at the game last night, and you seemed to remain calm even when you were down and your team wasn't playing well. And I've always believed that a coach's demeanor is uh, handed down to his team, and your team didn't seem to panic either. Talk a little bit about that. How did you remain so calm? Uh, Maybe you weren't calm inside, but your outside (laughs) demeanor was. 
Right. Well, it's funny. I had just um, a couple of days prior, um, we were getting ready for Palm Beach Atlantic. Uh, we played them on December 30th um, at, at Florida Southern, and we were going over their scouting report. I told the guys, I said, we're in a really good place right now. And I kind of got personal with the team. And I said, I'm in a good place. I'm in a good place with you guys because I feel extremely calm. Maybe the most calm I felt over my coaching career, entire coaching career, because I tr- have a lot of trust right now with our guys and we have great practices every day. And, you know, we're not coaching uh, effort right now. We're not coaching buy-in. We're not coaching uh, chemistry. So, you know, that can make a coach panic, <laughs> you know, and that can make a coach very anxious and nervous. But um, I've been really, really settled with this group. And that's a testament to our guys um, and the leadership that we have in our, in our locker room right now. And it's been carrying over to these games. Um and honestly, you know, we had uh, a real tragic loss to start the season, losing Jaden Booth, our All-American and leading scorer. He went down second game of the season. And uh, since that, uh, since Jaden went down, um, it, you know, not that it took pressure off us because we certainly had really high expectations this year, but it was just a different vibe and a different set of expectations. And that probably had something to do with it as well. And that calmness, as you said, it, it's really helped us. Helped me as it's helping me as a coach and it's helping our players as well. Our guest tonight, Florida Southern coach Mike Donnelly, Florida Southern basketball team, just for the third time in their program history, defeated the number one team in the nation when they beat Nova Southeastern last night. The last time that uh, Florida Southern did that was 1990, so it's been a little while, Coach. Congratulations on, wow. on that. <laughs> wow. I didn't know bit, that. That's a great stat. Made a little bit of history there. Uh, you know, watching Nova Southeastern in the past, they have a ferocious press, and they play incredibly up-tempo. I mean, I've, I've seen teams play up-tempo, but they take it to another level. And is the first half a case of you guys getting caught up in that pace, or did you just have trouble with their press? And, and if it was the press, how did you solve it in the second half to the tune of 55 second-half points? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I think what happened was we you spend so much time because they do play so differently, and you don't see that type of pressure and chaos, for lack of a better word, when you're game-planning for, for teams. And it just throws you off. It throws your preparation off because they're extremely fast offensively, but even faster and more chaotic defensively. And it's a different prep. It's a different scout. You're overloading the guys with information and you're trying to balance it as best you can. And during that first half, I did have a couple of times where I'm thinking to myself, maybe we did too much because I didn't think we were attacking space like we normally attack. I didn't think, I thought we were pretty tentative and cautious um, probably because for the last, you know, two days prior, all we talked about were, was their pressure and how we were going to beat their pressure. Um, so, you know, how they play, it's really challenging, you know, physically on the court, obviously, but mentally as well. Um, and that doesn't get talked enough about. Their style is so different. It's really hard mentally and physically to, to play against Nova. You get, were they thinking a little bit too much? Was, was there, were tacti- tactically you changed a little bit in getting prepared than what they're used to? Yeah, no, because, you know, you're going over, like I said, you're just going over a lot of different things that normally you wouldn't have to cover. And, you know, a lot of teams don't press. A lot of teams don't trap. I mean, they press and trap after misses. So we're doing different drills in practice to try to prepare for the game that we obviously don't normally do. And, um, you know, I think that kind of overload of information at times can throw a team off. And I thought that was the case in the first half. And we did talk about that at halftime. 
And, uh, you know, once when we told the guys, like, you know, we play fast as well. I said, we're not trying to slow it down. We don't need to hesitate. If you have space, go attack, go play with confidence. And uh, we started doing that early in the second half, and that really loosened us up on both sides of the ball. Coach Rob would like to ask you a question. Rob, welcome to the Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. You're talking to Mike Donnelly, the head coach of the Florida Southern College Mocs. Hey, Coach Donnelly, how are you? I'm good, Rob. How about yourself? Good, good. I just called in quick. Uh, I listened to the show quite a bit. I'm actually a Connecticut guy. Um, followed your career a little earlier when you were back at Post in Southern Connecticut and, uh, and you know, followed you down to Florida there. And I just had a question for you as far as, uh, you know, th- this year, a little challenging, uh, lo- you know, losing, you know, your best player early on. Um, you've dealt with a couple other uh, issues, you know, with COVID, you had a great team during those COVID years. You guys were uh, highly ranked. I think you guys were the number one seed in the, the, the region down there, and you've dealt with a lot of stuff that's kind of out of your control. Uh, my question for you is, as a head coach, how do you how do you deal with that? How do you keep the focus? Um, how do you keep the, the level of play that you guys have done this year? And uh, I don't know if you can touch on that just briefly for me. Yeah, gee, Rob, that's a that's a great question, and you did your homework. That's that's pretty impressive. You're, you're following the mock all the way down here in Florida. That's that's great stuff. Um, Absolutely. I, I guess the yeah, I guess it was devastating, for lack of a better word, when COVID hit. We were, um, I thought we were one of the best teams in the nation that year, twenty nine and two, and everything abruptly ended. And you know, it's been kind of a struggle to get the program back to that certain point because. College athletics has changed, uh, you know, with the extra year of COVID eligibility, the transfer portal, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of fluidity right now with rosters, and we got hit hard with transfers and trying to get stabilized with a roster of, uh, of players that you feel comfortable with, and that's taken a couple more years to get back to, like I said, the level where we are now. Um, but just trying uh, to stay true to our culture in identifying the right student-athletes to recruit, um, and it's not just the most talented guy, obviously. I mean, we're looking for specific fits who can fit both on and off the court at Florida Southern. We need high academic guys, high character guys, and we need guys who, you know, will fit our style of play, and that does take some time. So we've just tried to stay the course and really tried to stay true to our culture, like I said. And um, luckily, you know, especially with this year's roster, I feel like we have a group of guys that completely buy in and, um, want to do well. They, and they want to do well representing Florida Southern and our program, and it's just good to see us um, getting back to where I think we, I know we can be, and that's at uh, the national level. Rob, thank you so much. Yeah. Really appreciate you listening I, and um, appreciate you talking to Coach. I appreciate very much you guys, and good luck, Coach, the rest of the way. Uh, we're rooting for you. Thanks, Rob. You know, Coach, uh, <laughs> this is a tribute to the frenetic pace of a college basketball coach. I talked to you today, and you're on right now. The, the, the win over Nova is already in your rearview mirror, and now you're having to scout Florida Tech that you play Saturday. Talk a little bit about the pace of coaching college basketball. Yeah, it's, 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 it's fast-paced, and we've, we've talked about that today at practice with the guys. Um, and we're on winter break, so we don't have classes, so we're able to practice uh, earlier, so we practiced early. You know, we got a weightlifting session in, and then we're on the court for a little bit, getting shots up with the guys. And you know, as much as we still want to celebrate, 
uh, a milestone win uh, against Nova last night, like you said, we it's got to be in our rearview mirror because now it's a quick turnaround, and in less than 48 hours we have to go play on the road against a really good Florida Tech squad. Um, and, you know, we started getting into Florida Tech earlier this morning, and uh, we'll be up late tonight preparing for Florida Tech. We have another, you know, relatively early practice tomorrow. So it's a short turnaround, and it does make things challenging. And on top of all that, you, you got to touch base with recruits today because, <laughs> you know, your program's hot right now, and you got to make sure our recruits know that and, you know, touching base with some boosters and things like that. So it, it definitely makes things pretty hectic, but wouldn't want it any other way, especially coming off such a exhilarating win last night. Um, it just makes uh, the it made today really fun. Um, oh, I'm sure, and that's the, yeah, that's the, it's busy, right? And it's hectic, but it, it was really, really fun today. And it's great to see everyone on campus really excited about last night. Yeah, I bet you bet you wish that the students were were all back in classes because uh, yeah. then they could really celebrate it more. But you know, Ronnie was uh, was there the other night, but uh, I, I haven't been yet. But but that atmosphere has got to play a big role in the fact that that you all are. Uh, Doing terrific. Ten and three is at home so far this season. Yeah, and uh, I don't know the record off the top of my head since I've been here. This is my ninth year, um, but we're closing in on a hundred wins um, at home at Florida Southern. And before I was here, you know, Link Darner had a tremendous run in his nine or ten years uh, that he was here. And before that, you know, all the historic great coaches that the program has had and. The one thing was has been true. It doesn't matter what who the coach is. They Florida always plays really well at home, and that's a testament to our great fans. And uh, Jenkins Fieldhouse is a great venue. Uh, it's a unique venue because it's a little bit older, but um, it seats about eighteen hundred. We even when we have about eight hundred or nine hundred fans in there, it feels like there's two thousand because it's um, just kind of jam packed, and it, you know it gets loud and vibrant and uh our guys always say it's a great environment to play in and hopefully we'll continue to get really good fan support especially when students come back and make it even louder in the second semester no doubt about it it was rocking last night and uh coach you mentioned it the jenkins field house that is such a great family entertainment opportunity and it's a great value how can fans buy tickets great question ron i appreciate you asking that um the best, uh, the best way to inquire about tickets, if I can just give our contact name, his name is Chris Dory, and he could be found right on our athletics website. And Chris's number, can I give a number? Yes, please. Of our please do. Uh, Chris's direct uh, contact line is 863-680-4109. What's that again? Give it again, Coach, please. 863 863- Six eight zero four one zero nine. Coach, we got about forty five seconds left. Talk a little bit about the impact that the crowd had last night. I could see when you hit the dunk there in the second half, the yeah. crowd erupted, and your team seemed to feed off of it. the The dunk happened. The crowd erupted. It got really loud, and I saw our guys kind of wave their hands to the crowd, which was really awesome because there were there weren't any students there. And for our guys to connect with the crowd and vice versa was just really, really great. And when, when I saw that, I said, oh, you know, we're real close to closing this thing out. And uh, we have great, as I said, we have great fans, great supporters. We have fans who have been coming to games for years and years and years, and they love Florida Southern basketball. So we just want them to be happy, proud of our program, and it was great to see them 
cheered loudly for us last night. It was a great environment. We are. We're glad that you're here, Coach, and I'll let you get back to uh, Florida Tech so that you can go down there and whip them. Thanks, Coach, for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate you having me. Thanks, guys. All right. Mike Donnelly, head basketball coach of the Florida Southern College men's basketball program, and the ladies play right before the men, so great entertainment value if you go out there and see the mocks. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Ozone. Talk Radio 96.7. Oh, yeah? The Ozone Show tonight brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. What do you think? It's Ronnie O and Coach Joe. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone and tonight is Florida Southern College Mocks Night because we just had Coach Donnelly on, and now we've got one of the stars last night of the win over the number one ranked, previously number one ranked, Nova Southeastern Sharks, Alex Steen. Alex, welcome to the Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. Thank you, guys. How are y'all? Man, fantastic. Can't be much better. And I know you got to still be doing well. Uh, yes, sir, Definitely. Uh, you know, we talked to Coach Donnelly about this, and I want to hear it from a player's perspective. You guys just did not play well in the first half. The shots weren't falling. It, what did you attribute that to, and then what did you attribute the turnaround in the second half to? Yeah, I mean, like you said, we really weren't shooting ball well, you know, in the beginning. And I think it was in kind of co- what Coach was saying was we were just kind of uptight. It felt like we weren't loose. Um, you know, I think we were kind of trying to – too focused on the little things maybe, you know, zoning in and not remembering just to still play free. And then we came out in that second half, and I think it's just started to click for us. We started to have fun, you know, started to move ball. And we still didn't, you know, shoot too many threes, but we just started having fun attacking, and we found our rhythm. Um, and that kind of, you know, carried us, carried us away in the second half. The crowd really was behind you guys. And your dunk really ignited the crowd. Talk a little bit about the impact that the crowd had and how you were feeling after that dunk. Yeah, I mean, it's great. Uh, the home games and the, the supporters and the boosters are great here at Florida Southern. And that's one thing, you know, every home game we're no, we know we're going to you know, have a lot of fans, have a lot of supporters that come. They're super loyal. And like you said, it, it definitely impacted the game. You know, it, it's a home game, and we, we love that. The atmosphere was great. Um, you know, and that, that dunk, I think, I think it took the lead there. Um, and so, yeah, everyone was up and, and cheering. And, and there was still a lot, a lot of time left in the game. So it was important. It really was. The crowd was, you know, helping, um, cheering us up, clapping, you know, just being loud, being really loud. And the atmosphere was great in there, man. And, and it really is every game. And for a big game, it, it was really important that the atmosphere was really nice. Our guest, uh, also from Florida Southern, we talked to Coach earlier in the in the show, and now we're talking to Alex Steen, great uh, center and forward for the Mocs, uh, still celebrating last night's huge win over Nova Southeastern, uh, the Vaughn Mocs' first win over the number one team in the nation since 1990. Congratulations, Alex. You probably don't remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think I do. I think Ronnie was at that one, too. Slade was last <laughs> night. But, <laughs> uh you know, the you have had a really great season and uh, 18 points last night uh, and nearly a triple-double last week against Palm Beach Atlantic where you had 16, 13, and eight blocks, leading the nation in blocks. Uh, you know, they, uh, we're admirers of a great shot blocker over here, Bill Russell. Uh, how did you learn to be such a great shot blocker? I know it helps to be tall, obviously, but there's a lot of tall people who don't know how to block shots. 
Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, it's, it was really coaches just telling me, go get it, go get everything. You know, over this off season, I've, I've been athletic, you know, I've been able to jump, jump pretty high, but it was really coach was instilling in me, just go everything you see, go try and punch it, you know, go block everything. And to my surprise, you know, I can, I can block a lot of things. So once I just really get, got the mindset to, you know, he's going to shoot it, stay with him and, and, and be there. Um, I think it's, it's, you know, came pretty well. And, and all credit goes to coaches for that one. You know, they're, they're keep telling me over the off season, they're like, we think you can, you know, lead the, lead the, 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 uh, the conference and blocks. And, and it was really just them telling me, go get it. And so I think with, I've just been confident, you know, we have a great defensive system now too, that allows me to go get it where we have help backside. And so that's really kind of, you know, been there. Coach was telling me, go get it, go get everything. And, and a call too, you know, he, last night he had five blocks. So it's really everyone um, coming together and it's really the coaches in the defensive system, I'd say. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that with respect to Nova Southeastern. They play at such a furious pace. Uh, they never let up, up and down the court for the entire time. And uh, in, in approaching, we talked to their coach about this a little bit, earlier talking about the defensive approach to trying to uh, deal with their sort of uh, fast pace um, were you uh, responsible for an individual did you, did you guys work out sort of a a zonal look or uh, how did you go about it and was there a difference between the first and second half and how you approached it defensively yeah um so it wasn't you know necessarily it was pretty much we we kind of stayed to our basic principles so throughout you know we, we play a man so um we weren't we were kind of match up, you know, whoever's in the game, whoever is on the court uh, match up, but it wasn't too much of, you know, changing or anything like that. Um, like you were saying, they, they play super fast paced in the first, the first half, they look like, you know, they would be on their way to a, another hundred point game. Um, but it wasn't any necessarily changes to the defense we made. I think it was kind of just in our mindsets. We knew uh, coach always talks about these defensive wins. And, you know, when we heard we came in the halftime and we heard, you know, we weren't really, I think we had, we're winning one of those categories. Um, and coach always likes to say, you know, get three, four and, and we'll win the game. So we really kind of made that our goal to get those defensive wins. As we tell ourselves in the locker room every time, you know, our, we're going to score offense will come defense and getting stops is our number one priority. So I think we just kind of focused in on that just a little more in the second half. And, um, you know, it, it definitely paid out. Uh, they shot a lot worse percentage from the field and three in the second half. So it wasn't anything, you know, tweaking the defense. It was really just focusing in and um, all in on the defense. Alex, Ronnie Ocean again. Um, we have a lot of kids that listen to the show, and you talked about blocking shots. What is the secret to blocking shots but not fouling? Definitely. Um, it's really, you know, walling up, walling up straight up in time in the ball. Anytime, anytime you come down, for the most part, Anytime you, you know, try and swipe down at, at it and, and get the, you know, try and make a big swat, you're going to get called for it. So it's really timing. You know, you want to stay always second one off the ground. Um, you never want to, you know, try not to jump on pump fakes because get get you off your feet and they can easily foul. Um, but it's really just straight up, you know, walling up. And if you don't get the block, it also alters the shot so much. Uh, more than you would realize. So it's really just staying in front of them, you know, being solid and uh, just jumping straight up. You don't. Have, there's no need to come down because half the time, if you jump straight up, they'll, you know, the layup's right into your hands. So if you're just straight up, that should be, you know, good position. And 
Hopefully the refs don't get you for a cheap foul. <laughs> you know, I had the pleasure of meeting your beautiful girlfriend, Sarah, last night. And you need to hang on to that young lady. I'll tell you what, she <laughs> yeah. is not only beautiful, she is articulate. She's very intelligent. And uh, sounds like she kind of keeps your feet to the fire to make sure that you concentrate <laughs> oh, yeah. on everything, including basketball, but your academics as well. Definitely, definitely. She's she's definitely my other half, you know. Uh, she, she helps with everything from, from basketball and just, you know, anything, school, keeping me in it and uh, – Keep me going 100%. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, uh, Alex, uh, chicks dig the dunk, but uh, you're the four times this <laughs> season you've been Defensive Player of the Week in the Sunshine State Conference. Congratulations on that. Uh, obviously, uh, yeah, it's you. a big part of the success. Uh, uh, how has your team responded to the loss of Jaden Booth to injury? Yeah, and honestly, I think we responded great. Um, you know, it's a hard one, and everyone – Everyone knows that it's no secret. Jaden's, you know, one of the best players in the country, no doubt. And so when he goes down, you know, in the second game too, it's like, oh, people are thinking, oh no, you know, are they going to still down or, you know, it's just a lot of uncertainty. And so I think we really shut out the noise really well, you know, focus. Obviously, it's going to be a little different. Take our time to kind of find the groove with with that missing piece. And it did, you know, we we might have struggled a little. The first that lost to Auburn Montgomery was pretty pretty soon after it but I think since then we really you know found our gel um connected and played really well you know it's not it's it's so unfortunate and you hate to see it but you know there's nothing grieving about it and you know feeling bad for ourselves is only going to bring us down so it's really you know next man next we're still we're still good we still got amazing players in the locker room and on this team so we know we can you know still still um do some damage and go pretty far well, you, you know, uh, overcoming adversity is one thing, but the biggest step in becoming a great team is handling success. So in that note, what was the day after like today? <laughs> um, you know, it was, it was great. It's, um, you know, it, it's a pretty quick turnaround either way. You know, we got we got Florida Tech uh, in two days. So it was it was it was pretty no, nice. You know, obviously, I think that winning streak is is great, but it's it's still it's still pretty quick. We're still in the middle of the season. You know, it's it's not the championship game. Um, it, it's a big game, no doubt, but we got, we're about halfway through and we still got, you know, a lot more conference games to go and we'll see them, see them a few more times probably. And, um, you know, it was kind of a light, a lighter day just cause, you know, it was, it was a, it was a tough game last night. A lot of us are sore, but, you know, we got some, uh, lift in and some quick shots and we're right back on it again, scouting report and, uh, you know, longer practice tomorrow, and then we got another away game. So it's it's kind of a quick turnaround. You know, although the win was definitely nice, uh, it was it was fun to get get a big win like that. But you know, it's kind of um, pat ourselves on the back and, and move on to the next one because we got another ranked team coming uh, that we got to travel to. So it should be a good game. You know, Alex, you mentioned the fact that the team has pulled together, and I really saw that in the second half last night. There wasn't one guy. That did everything. It was a full team effort, both offensively and defensively. Was that something you talked about at halftime, or is that just a mindset the team has? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, we kind of touched on it at halftime. We were, everyone was talking. People were, you know, communicating in the locker room. Hey, we're still, we're still in this. We're still here. But um, one of the big things that I, I was saying, I was saying, have fun. You know, just have fun playing the game. Obviously, play hard, but have fun doing it. Every time we have fun, uh, the energy goes up. 
intensity goes up, and it, and it feels like, especially at these home games, the atmosphere rises as well. And I think that's kind of what happened. You know, we, we started playing looser, as I mentioned earlier, and, and it started getting fun for us. And when, when that happens, you know, when we're playing, we're all just so into it and we're so loose. You know, we I really feel like, um, you know, I don't know who can stop us when we're in that mo- mode. So that was really the thing. It, it, we just had to kind of get loose, and it took it took some time. We, we got into it, found our rhythm, and we all started having fun. You know, we were jumping up and down. The crowd was into it. So that was honestly a great feeling. And that's kind of what I was telling the guys. I was saying, have fun. Every time we have fun, good things happen. Well, it is about having fun. And you get another chance to have fun at Florida Tech. You mentioned them a little while ago. Uh, what What are you expecting from them? If you can give us a quick scouting report. Yeah, um, you know, I, I we have our main scouting report tomorrow. But, you know, they're, they're I believe, what, 9-2 and two now, um, coming off that loss that, to, or from PBA. But, you know, they're a good team. They're ranked 25 in the country, so it should be another good challenge. And I believe they're also second in the country in blocks behind us. So um, I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, I, I by no means think it's going to be just a, a walk in the park, and it should be another tough challenge, and especially when you have to go on the road to a place that has a good good atmosphere and good uh, fan showing that I know I know they'll be loud. So um, it should be a fun game, and it should be a tough, you know, tough defensive battle. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. They're, they're still definitely a really good team. Well, definitely remember to have fun, Alex. It's fun it, fun watching you uh, and watching this team winning now seven in a row. Hopefully you can keep that going. And uh, yes, I got to tell you, you know, people who, when they've come onto the ozone, it creates good karma. So oh, yeah, no doubt about <laughs> it. Embrace that, grasp Amazing. that. No doubt about <laughs> it. Carry that on the rest of the season. We really appreciate you joining us tonight. You know, something else yes, I'd like to thank you for, Alex, is – um, I took my grandsons to a game last year, and one of them was like six years old, and you lifted him up and let him dunk a basketball, <laughs> and he was so excited. I'll have to show you the video of that sometime <laughs> next awesome. time I see you. But um, thank exactly. you so much. That's good awesome. luck, and go Mox. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Go Mox. Y'all have a good one. All right. That's Alex Steen, star, one of the stars of the Florida Southern College Mox, as you said, seven in a row. Can't beat that. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. This is Otis Birdsong, formerly of the Winter Haven Blue Devils and four-time NBA All-Star. And you are listening to the great Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone. Hey, Ronnie O and the great Joe. That kind of rhymes there, too. All right. In the Ozone. The Ozone tonight is brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. All right. Yeah, that Otis Birdsong interview predated Coach Joe. (laughs) Once we got the Eric Clark Foundation's billions behind us, we were able to bring in Coach Joe with some of those billions. Can I have some? Well, you had uh, been doing the show about 50, 60 years before That's I joined. Right. <laughs> That's right. Me and Marconi used to do it together. He was the co-host when I first started. What did you do before the ability to broadcast? Did you just like stand on the street with a megaphone? <laughs> well, we, we had some tin cans and some wire. You know. Oh, we, nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, today would have been Don Shula's 94th birthday. Of course, he's a Hall of Fame pro football coach, and he was seventeen. Coached the seventeen and O Dolphins, and he coached another team. So, what we want to know for our sports quiz: if you haven't won in the last six months, who was the other NFL team that he coached? Give us a call at six eight two fourteen thirty. If you haven't won in the last six months, six eight two fourteen thirty, and we will send you out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House 
You can eat and drink what you want and take $30 off your tab. And you can go out there. They've got 40 strategically located television sets. They've got drink and meal specials every night of the week. You just can't go wrong going to Miller's Lakeland Ale House. And we're talking about the one on the south side. Now, this is not good for the north side, so there's now two locations. Coach Joe, you ever been to the Ale House? Oh, I've not been to the new one on the north side. <laughs> I'm sure it's wonderful. I've been to other ale houses that are spread throughout the state. I have too. But the Lakeland one is special. And I, and I can say that having been to others, especially for the TV watching experience. That exactly. Give us a call, 682-1430, if you can tell us who was the other NFL team besides the Dolphins that Don Shula coached, 682-1430. That's 682-1430. Give us a call. If you haven't won the last six months, and we will send you out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House, armed and dangerous, with the opportunity to take $30 off your tab, Coach yeah, Joe. Yes, it's the other NFL team that he was the head coach of because he he actually started his coaching career fairly young. He had a decent playing career, about six years, I yeah. think, uh, as a defensive back. And then he got right into coaching, and he was uh, successful in, in the fact that this team, when they hired him, he was the youngest coach in the NFL at the time. And they, uh, they had a they – here's the hint. They had a lot of success. Yeah, and, they did. Uh, and then he uh, – then he uh, was very, very fortunate for the Dolphins that Joe Robbie uh, decided to hire him and because uh, that team wasn't going anywhere, yet they had all these great players in place, and he came along. He knew exactly what to do with them, and uh, they became, the for the next for five years in the 70s, they were the best team in football, and then he, then they stayed great into the 80s and into the 90s. He coached there for 25 seasons with the Dolphins. Yeah, kind of like Don, not Don Shule. You know, he adapted. Oh, the yeah. NFL changed. Yeah, and he changed know, so right much. With it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he had uh, the greatest running team in football in the early 70s. Then he, then he realized he could get Dan Marino when nobody else picked him. He was yeah. like the la- second to last pick in the first round. And uh, so every team had a shot at him. But uh, the Dolphins said, hey, we're going to pick him and Shula be- t- developed the best passing team in football with Marino. So they just – it was Bum Phillips who always said that, uh, that Coach Shula could take – your players or his players and beat you with them because yeah. he, he knew how to adapt to the players. He was, uh, he could, he could run past whatever was necessary. You know, one of the things that, that I always thought was pretty neat is I guess it's kind of like raising kids. I don't think the players loved him when they were playing for him, but the, when you see these reunions and stuff, the mm. films of those, they did love and respect him afterwards because I think they realized that the hardships they suffered under him were the benefits of it were the winning that they had. He was very much the taskmaster. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he he put up with no excuses and uh, demanded work in incredibly hot conditions in South Florida. And, and <laughs> yeah. he was working them out a lot. But they became great as a result. And they became really, really the definition of a great team. Year after year, they would win. They were always in contention. You know, how many playoff games have the Dolphins won since Shula retired? <laughs> uh, it was two. Wow. In, in in almost 30 years, they've won two playoff games without Shula. Give us a call, 682-1430. That's 682-1430. If you can tell us who the other NFL team that Don Shula coached was, he coached Johnny Unitas. How about that? 682-1430. <laughs> That's 682-1430, and we will send you out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House. We've only got about a minute left, 
but we'll hang around for a couple minutes afterwards if you can tell us the other NFL team, which no longer exists in that same city. 682-1430 is the number. But they still exist. They That's just right. moved. That's right. Yeah. And he coached Johnny Unitas. So if you know who Johnny Unitas played for, you know the other team. And we've got a caller now. We'll have to take them off the air because we're just about through with the Ozone. But it's been fun this week, and we oh, want to yeah. thank uh, Mike Donnelly, the oh, coach yeah. at UCSC, right? <laughs> said that backwards, Florida, and Alex Steen, the great center for the mocks. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were great interviews, and we had so much fun with those guys. So you're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. We'll be back next Thursday night, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time.